Yo, yo, welcome back to the Bunch of Chumps podcast. I am your host, Braden Savage, and for the second installment of this podcast, we're going to be going over who deserves to be the number one pick in fantasy football for the 2022 NFL season. I'll also give you a sneak peek into my top five fantasy players this year, and a few might shock you. Uh, It should be a fun one today, but before we get into anything, let's go ahead and give a quick shout out to the official partner of the Bunch of Chumps pod, Davis Quinn Enterprises, your go-to service provider. They will take care of just about any project you have for your home or business, so long as you're in the immediate DMV area. Head to davisquinn.com to book your free estimate. That's D-A-V-I-S-Q-U-I-N-N.com. What's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to episode two of the pod. I apologize if I sound a little tired or groggy. Uh, It's a long night and long day yesterday, but we're back and we're talking on the pod. Uh, Last time I told you we'd be talking fantasy football in the next episode, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Before we get into this year's fantasy season, we have to go back to last year and see where everything left off. And just a, a side note, all point totals that will be given are based on Uh, points per reception or PPR format. Uh, As we all know, running backs and wide receivers, they tend to hold more value than quarterbacks, which is why we don't normally see many QBs go in the first three rounds. Uh, But when you look at the variance, say, between uh, the best quarterback in terms of fantasy and the 10th best quarterback in fantasy, there is a pretty large gap. Uh, Let's look at Josh Allen from a year ago. Almost 5,200 total yards and 42 touchdowns racking up just over 417 fantasy points. That's the fourth best season for a quarterback in the history of fantasy football, behind 2013 Peyton Manning, 2019 Lamar Jackson, and 2018 Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Shout out StatMuse, by the way, for all these numbers. Uh, It's going to be hard to replicate for Josh Allen, but even if he takes a small step back, he'll be well over 350 fantasy points, which would put him around the top 8, maybe top 10 fantasy players this year. Um... But now let's go ahead and look at the 10th best quarterback from a season ago, Kyler Murray. Uh, Small disclaimer, uh, no pun intended. (laughs) He only played 14 games, but he went for just over 4,200 yards and 29 touchdowns, finishing with 310.5 fantasy points. That's over 100 less than what Josh Allen put up. And over the course of a season, 100 points can either make or break your chances of winning a championship. Even if we don't use Josh Allen's legendary season, the next best quarterback was Justin Herbert, who had 395.8. That's still an 85-point difference, proving that drafting one of the top quarterbacks early can, and most likely will, pay off down the road. There's a good chance we see three or more QBs go somewhere in the late first and maybe early second rounds. You might be wondering, you know, how does all that play into my number one pick in fantasy this season? Well, let me tell you. If I were to do that same exercise we just did, but with running backs and receivers instead, you'd be pretty fascinated. So that's what we're going to do. Let's take the number one running back in terms of fantasy and compare them to the number 10 running back, and then we'll do the same with receivers. The best back from a season ago was none other than Jonathan Taylor. He had 372 total touches, almost 2,200 total yards, and then 20 total touchdowns. Those numbers translated to 373 fantasy points, which is 144 points more than Antonio Gibson, who finished 10th with 229. The best receiver last year was Cooper Cup, who won the Triple Crown by leading the league in 145 catches, 1,947 yards, and 16 touchdowns, tallying 439.5 points, the best fantasy performance of any wide receiver in history. Uh, it, It was just unbelievable, honestly. 
it would be unfair to think that he does that again this year. But for reference, let's go ahead and just use Devontae Adams, who had the second most points with 344.3. And he only played 16 games to cup 17. The 10th best receiver, Hunter Renfro, had 259, which is still an 85-point difference. It's a little less staggering than what we're used to from the running backs, but still an important factor. Uh, with receivers, it's all about that boom potential. You know, can this guy break out and lead the league? Uh, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, all good candidates for early picks, but after that, things drop off a little bit. And now that we've established a baseline for what should be worth a number one overall pick, let's get to my number one pick for this year, Jonathan Taylor. As long as he stays healthy, I see him going for about the same 360, 370 touches, right around 2,000 total yards, and 17, maybe even 16 touchdowns. Since the Colts traded for Matt Ryan this offseason, I'm expecting them to be a little bit more comfortable in the passing game, uh, but that should mean that Taylor's rushing yards will dip a little bit. But in return, he should see more action as a receiver, uh, even though they have Naheem Hines. Uh, last year, Matt Ryan targeted Cordero Patterson and Mike Davis a combined 128 times, leading all running back duos, even though you know Patterson isn't really just a running back, he's kind of a do-it-all kind of guy, but he lined up at running back a lot. Um, but having a guy like that in Matt Ryan will substantially help Taylor's draft stock in PPR leagues. It also helps that the Colts have the third easiest schedule in the NFL and will face six of the bottom 11 run defenses from last year. According to PFF, their 10th ranked offensive line should have little to no problem clearing lanes for Taylor to break free. Pair all that with a somewhat lackluster group of receivers. You know, no one really stands out. You got Michael Pittman, but, you know, he's really the only, I guess, true you know, target that they have, but you consider all that and Taylor should easily be set up for success again. He's one of the best players at his position, in one of the best situations in the league. All signs point to another dominant year. And with that, let's transition to my top five fantasy players this year. Obviously at number one, I have Jonathan Taylor. At number two, I have Derrick Henry, who last year was on pace for a near 2,000 yard season before getting hurt. Uh, no more A.J. Brown in that offense, so you have to imagine Henry becomes the clear number one option for the Titans. At number three, I'm going Justin Jefferson. He's one of the best playmakers in the league who has already impressed through two seasons. I think this year is the year he takes the throne as wide receiver one. Number four for me is Najee Harris, which might be a little bit of a surprise, but he was well worth the Steelers' first round pick last year. I think they'll have to rely on the run game a lot this season with their quarterback situation up in the air. You know, Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, who's going to stick, who's not. Um, they still have a lot to prove themselves, so uh, Najee Harris is going to be a really good guy to lean on during all that. And then rounding out the top five is Christian McCaffrey. For most, McCaffrey is probably like a top two pick, but he'd have to stay on the field for me to put him up there. He's only played 10 games the last two seasons, but when he's healthy, he's arguably the best running back in football as well as fantasy. Uh, the only other player I'd put here is Cooper Cup, but I think his production may drop a little bit with Allen Robertson in the receiver room, and if Odell Beckham ends up coming back midseason, it's only going to hurt Cup's chances at a repeat of last year, which is already most likely not going to happen. Well, there you have it, my top five fantasy picks for the 2022 season. I'll be running with this lineup in all my leagues this year, hoping to extend my streak to three championships in a row. I usually do like two leagues uh, a year, one with my friends and one with my family. And uh, in 2020, I won my friends league, and last year I won the family league. So maybe I win both this year, or maybe I lose both. Uh, you know, whatever, doesn't matter. Let's get the hell out of here. Thanks so much for listening. Let me know on Twitter if you agree with my top five. 
You can follow me at Stay Brazy. That's S-T-A-Y-B-R-A-Y-Z-Y. And you can give me a bunch of shit if you want. Uh, I'll catch you guys next time.